Demons run when a good man goes to war. Night will fall and drown the sun when a good man goes to war. Friendship dies and true love lies. Night will fall and the dark will rise when a good man goes to war. Demons run, but count the cost. The battle's won, but the child is lost. Two! This is Kari Payton. I'm Ezekiel on The Walking Dead, and I love listening to Two True Freaks Network. I think maybe you should too. Oh, shit! Hi, welcome to your Fear of the Walking Dead cast. Uh, yeah, that's it. That's where. That's what we are. We're Fear of the Walking Dead cast. I'm Scott. That's Still. Mikey Z, Mike Zumo. Uh, hey, howdy. Just us again, kids. Uh, the Hughes are still a little busy. They will be back with us eventually. We have not murdered them or eaten them or anything like that, we promise. They're on their way to the hilltop, last I heard. Yeah, slowly, um, which is, again, how things seem to be moving in this show. Um, and when we were going to actually record this last night, but we, we had put it off. And it's almost good because I usually end up recording these like minutes after I rewatch the thing. And I had even contemplated not rewatching this time. Uh, yeah, I loved it that much. And <laughs> I think I would have been, a, I'll try to be a little fairer to it tonight than I probably would have been right after watching it again tomorrow. Well, it's night. also good that we didn't record last night. Since after we decided not to record, after dealing with the heavy snow we got, I went right to sleep. Yeah, yeah we're getting some now. It should be a fun morning tomorrow. Um so, I actually, my notes are, were written yesterday, so it's probably going to be just as rage-infused as it would have been last night, but I probably won't be as rage-infused. Uh, rage, rage on. I <laughs> um, know. Uh, at least we, we've hope we've put something behind us in this episode, and that's always a good thing sometimes in this show, maybe. Uh, yeah, the trash was taken out. The trash was definitely taken out. So season eight, episode ten was called "The Lost and the Plunderers," uh, which I thought the plunderers were like the claimer guys. Long, you know, I guess that's the trash heap people or or the saviors. I don't know. So many nicknames. They don't uh, bother. No. Uh, so Michonne stares at Carl's grave. You know, you got to start out right on a real cheery note. Uh, staring at Carl's grave in Alexandria, some walkers approach and she dispatches them and. Rick first hangs Carl's gun by the grave, but he changes his mind and takes it back. And apparently that was a callback to, like, Shane's grave or something like that. I don't know if it was from the books or they said something about it on Talking Dead before my mind shut down. Oh, did he hang Did he hang the gun on the... Uh... Uh, yeah, on Shane's grave or something like that. Or maybe Carl did because he was the one that took him out. I don't know. Easter eggs, so we were supposed to enjoy that. But most of us probably didn't give a shit. Uh, yeah, it was lost on me. Yeah, anything they call back to in this show from way back when is usually lost on me because it was so long ago. I'll, yeah, I'll catch them every now and then, but yeah, it's been you know literally like seven years since I probably watched. Well, no, I actually I caught up. I binged like three seasons, uh, kind of like you did, Mike, and uh, caught up a little bit. But yeah, I miss most of them. But that's why we have the the self filating Talking Dead. To, to point these things out for us. <laughs> yeah, right. 
And once again, we're going to probably be the anti-talking dead tonight and just rip the shit out of this. Well, you got to remember, train wreck. Chris Hardwick is paid to be a shell. Yeah, yeah. Even even said it to Kirkman the other week. He's like, technically, I work for you. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you do. <laughs> and it shows. But uh, yeah, Rick hangs the gun but takes it back. Michonne uh, shuts the back gate to Alexandria. She slays some more walkers as they try to squeeze through. With We've got single zombie kill of the week, at least, with a face coming off zombie. I did enjoy that. Oh, yes, at the, uh, at the front <laughs> gate. Yep, slid right off, like, you know, I don't even know what analogy to use, but some kind of gross food analogy. Yeah, like peach skin. Like, if you boiled a peach or something, it would just slide right off like that. Who boils Boiling peaches? a peach just sounds gross. It does, yeah. Um, <laughs> not a huge peach fan, anyway. Uh <laughs> probably tied to several fuzzy navel type hangovers that I might have experienced somewhere in my life. So <laughs> but either way, the face got peeled off rather, uh, rather nicely. Yes, it did. It was, it was good. Nicotero's, you know, for all its faults, Nicotero never fails to fails to produce. No, he delivers the visuals. Mm-hmm. It's just not holding up. It's, it's not a good enough glue to keep the rest of the show together. So Rick finds a walkie-talkie on the body of a dead savior, conveniently enough. Uh, finding Carl and Judith's painted handprints on the front porch of their house. Uh, Michonne kind of loses it. She goes inside to find Rick, who is stocking up on supplies. Rick's got a very, you know, very cool and collected air at this point. I think he's just trying to stay focused and, and not even think about Carl at this point. Or he's just, you know, like, hey, uh, another soldier, oh well. Uh, he lets his rage out a little later. He will. Yeah, he will. He'll have a very nice rage-filled uh, conversation with Negan later. Oh, I do have some uh, BTS, which is how the kids are saying behind the scenes online nowadays. Uh, news about yeah, we don't our, say full words anymore. No, and it's it's. I thought like social work studies and shit had a lot of acronyms, and it's nothing compared to the way people speak online today. Uh, but. BTS stuff by David Pascrell, our loyal listener. He has informed me that um, he has now finished the first season of the Walking Dead show, the original. You know, that's not really much of an accomplishment. It's not. It's like six episodes. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Dave's got a. Oh, luckily, see, unfortunately, Dave has listened to us from day one, so he's spoiled from like all of Fear Walking Dead and. The Walking Dead from, like, what was it, season seven we started this, covering it? Uh, we started with the squishings. Yeah, pretty much. Is that the beginning of season seven? Yeah, I think so. Um, and so, you know, hopefully he'll forget everything we've spoiled for him by the time he gets caught up to us. So, so you know, actually, he can only he only has to watch up till episode seven, or season yeah. seven, and then, you know, he just remembers everything we've spoiled for him, so... He'll, uh, he'll understand the little things. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's That we've referred to. Well, it's my girlfriend Tina has started watching with me on Sunday nights now, too, and I'm just like, you're not going to know. You know, you'll you'll even care less, even less about these characters than I do currently. <laughs> I remember in the early days when I came on and uh, you guys would constantly say, look at the flowers. When I got <laughs> to that moment in the regular show, I was like, ah, that's what they were talking about. Mm-hmm. Yep. That was when the show was good. Um. Yeah. Anyway, and, and so well, welcome to the addiction, David. That's that's basically what I was putting out there, and hope you'll you'll probably be watching it longer than the show will be on at this point, maybe. But so um, we find the handprints. We're shown, you know, we all do the heartstrings thing. She goes inside, 
And they load up a van, but she notices the gazebo Carl used to sit in is engulfed in flames, and she must go put it out, because that'll fucking bring him back or something. Right, I don't know. exactly. Um, I, I get it, you know, dealing with grief. Everyone does it differently. Some people kill zombies, some people drink. Uh, I do both if I have the opportunity. Michonne races over to extinguish the fire with Rick's help, and uh, they're unable to control it, though, and are overwhelmed by walkers and almost almost get chomped, but they give up and drive away. And and then my brain starts schisming because everyone gets stupid. On the road, Rick wonders if Carl really meant for them to surrender to Negan, despite pretty much saying that very clearly. Michonne looks through Carl's letters and is surprised to find a letter addressed to Negan, and Rick tells Michonne they still need Jadis's help, and then I start screaming at his at my TV. It's in right. Yeah, well, notes. anytime you anytime you hear those words, <laughs> yeah, they got guns and people, and uh, we don't care. They betrayed us twice, and they might as they'll likely just kill me as soon as I step in there. We got to go try them again, General Rick. Be- yeah, <sighs> for some things there are no words. Yeah. Oh, there are, um, uh, and I'm going to say them right here. Rick and Michonne enter the heaps and trigger a booby trap that blocks the entrance, and walkers close in, and another great plan by General of the Year Rick Grimes, and we roll yes. credits. It's yeah. a good thing that he's off by himself. Mm-hmm. Oh, and psst, there's blue paint there. Make note of that yeah. for some reason. Uh, meanwhile, back at the sanctuary, meanwhile... Back at the Meanwhile, sanctuary. at the sanctuary. At the sanctuary. Nikki, I've oh. been watching a lot of Super Friends lately. <laughs> yeah, I should. It'll, it would improve my, my mood. My mood is not good lately. Not if you watch season one. This was a good scene, though. I like this. So we got a lot of Negan and Simon scene chewing. Oh, I did, I did like this. Anytime yeah. uh, Jeffrey Dean gets to chew the scenery a little bit. Yeah. yeah and Simon. And I've been playing a, a lot of grand theft auto 5 lately which stars steven Ogg as yes, pretty as much trevor. simon yeah <laughs> simon is trevor and it's kind of glorious to to see him in real life do it too but he orders simon to get the scavengers back in line with the standard kill one and you know uh, and move on thing but simon suggests that they slaughter them all for reneging on their deal and Negan forbids him from doing so, insisting he delivers, yes, at the standard message. He reminds Simon that they are a resource and who's in charge. And don't forget, kids, a deal with the saviors is a lock, stock, and suck my barrel deal. Got a, got a Neganism in there. <laughs> absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. And the glorious screaming, do your job, which I'm not going to duplicate here no. because people in my house are sleeping. And if I wake them up, they'll be upset with me. Yeah, that's a good one. I, Jeffrey Dean still, I'm, I'm, Enjoying him more in the part, I think now. I think he's adding a little more nuance to it, and it's a little less cartoony. Uh, you know, say so he turns up the volume when he needs to, and but not always. And, and actually, Negan's basically being <laughs> poised as the voice of reason in this whole universe right now. So our brains. But that comes later. That. Yeah. So a group of saviors deliver the coffin that Maggie left for Negan with a message. Remember that, like three freaking months ago. Yeah, I'd forgotten about that. <laughs> Which said, we have 38 more, stand down. Negan and Simon pry open the coffin, kill the walker savior inside. Simon realizes it's from his crew over at the, the satellite place, and he vows to kill everyone at the hilltop, and Negan's like, fuck not, no. Remember? Resources, and they have 38 of our guys, uh, dumbass. You know, that scene was missing Simon shaking his fist in the air. It, yeah. 
uh, uh, see, Stephen Ogg, much as I love seeing him work, he, he's the one that unfortunately had to turn it up to comic stupidity at this point. He's just like, well, he's, he's kind of been at comic stupidity since day one. Yeah, but he's, he's also, you know, presumably he's got his shit together, or high and tight or whatever, as Negan would put it. Dry and tight. I don't know. One of those he kind of strikes me as kind of not quite Negan. Right. Well, he's, he's a Negan a, wannabe. I, I think they're poisoning him to be maybe, a, you know, a, a, have a coup attempt because he's, in this whole episode, he does absolutely nothing he's told to, um, which is obviously only going to really end one way for him. Well, he doesn't actually disobey. He doesn't kill them all. Not personally. <laughs> but... He leaves one. Yeah. Well, that's kind of the opposite of what Negan asked right. him to do, though. <laughs> like, the exact opposite. Um, so, points for style, anyway, and for, you know, irony. <laughs> but, uh, I don't know, he's just... I, I didn't really buy that he was going to be this stupid all of a sudden, unless, really, it does progress to him, you know, starting a coup, because he's got to know he's a fucking dead man. Um well, Simon was always, you know, while Negan has his shit together, Simon always seemed a little bit more unhinged. Sure. But when the guy with the bat's sitting there telling you to stay in line, I don't know, you stay in line, because he seems to also be about, let's, everyone should go back to where things are, although he just wants to slaughter and, and expand beyond the five square mile radius that everybody is in, apparently. Yeah, well, <laughs> si- we'll just say that Simon can't, shouldn't be allowed out by himself. Mm-mm. But, uh, yeah, again, he orders him to stay in line. And, and we've got these title cards all through this episode, you know, to tell us, as if we don't know who these characters are, but it's, like, just cueing us, like, this is now Enid's story. Pay attention to what Enid Yeah, says. I didn't qu- quite understand that. I, I, I It t- didn't seem to match with what was going on. No. Well, I took it as, like, an, a call out to the, the letters Carl had written, you know? Right. But again, I'm not really... Maybe you do that when Enid finds out what happened to Carl instead of just this little side quest that she's on. But did we get, did we get a title card for Enid? Yeah, we got one for Enid. I think we got one for Simon when he's at the trash heap. Yeah, we got one for Michonne, Simon, yeah. and, and uh, Rick. Right. We got one for Enid, too? Yeah, yeah, she definitely... Oh, that's right, when they went to Amazon Village. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, speaking, meanwhile, at Oceanside, Cindy, Beatrice, and Kathy are handcuffing Enid and Aaron, as we knew would happen, to a radiator and go outside to discuss their fate. Uh, Oh, I was reading one of the comics. Mm -hmm. Oceanside did get a mention. Really? In the comics. I don't don't recall that at all. I thought, yeah, it was just like a side, it was just mentioned. Could have yeah, maybe one of been the, by somebody they met that had been there, but we've just never seen it in the comics. Right, right. I think I think we'll just kind of mention that one of the settlements in the network mm-hmm. later in the, after the time. Right, came. yeah, okay. So maybe it was just kind of a you know, one of those nods to the show. Yeah, or Kirkman retroactively, you know, threw it in there to do a little matchup with the show yeah. in case he ever wants to use them there. Notice he hasn't added the trash people in yet. Just saying. <laughs> no, he has not. <laughs> Comic readers. Hopefully he'll he'll abstain from that. Um, so at Oceanside, yep, uh, they decide, uh, well, Enid says she had no choice but to kill Natiana because they came and invaded their space and she tried to kill them. 
and she gets uh, quite the good little monologue to chew on. I, I like this little speech from, from Mina. She definitely kind of stepped up and and kind of went Rick on him and be like, well, you can kill us, but our people will be back around to kill you later. You know, right, so let's so. try to break the cycle of violence here, even though Isn't we're she hanging out. Is she hanging out with Aaron? Yeah, yep. Who also does something kind of inex- inexplicable. It was time for everyone to get stupid for the plot to move forward in this episode, right. essentially, like we've seen too many times before. Um, so she kind of shames Cindy a little bit in the monologue, which I thought was kind of a good, smarter angle for her to take other than just telling her people will die. You know, she's like, at one point she's like, all right, you know, fine, just let us go and we'll keep fighting them for you and we'll tell you when it's done, you know. Right. Basically, like, you don't want to join up, you know, at least fucking support us and and don't kill us. And then, of course, Aaron asked her to help and, like, we're helping by not killing you. Remember what your mate there just said? And uh, so she announces they'll be allowed to live and Aaron, as I said, tries to do some last-minute diplomacy. But they release them, and they forbid them from ever returning, you know, presumably under threat of death. And after the Ocean Siders leave, Aaron tells Enid that he's going to go back. (laughs) Because why not? Yeah. Um, Tells her to report back to Maggie, and and she's like, what are you, crazy? And, and like, I can do this. No problem, you know. But Aaron's been hanging out with Rick too much. Uh, I don't know. You know, it makes sense. They explained it a little on Talking Dead, and, and it reminded me that he was like basically the diplomat for for Alexandria. And he yeah, he was. was. He, he was, was way the one back going on. out finding people and being. Ninja he was their boy. head recruiter. Yeah, and so yeah, he's he's got the talking skills, but I mean, there's really no nothing to make us believe they wouldn't just put a bullet in his head as soon as he shows up. So right, we'll see if that happens or not. Although I made a. Yeah, here's my my two sexist jokes of the week, just so I keep my reputation intact. Um, that he'll probably be fine because gay men in a group of women, you know, they'll all be his besties within a day. Yeah, within a few minutes. Yeah. Uh, so he does have the best chance there. Or, you know, my other theory is that he's Aaron's been secretly bisexual all this time, and he just wants to go live. And you know, it's like ah, oh, the boyfriend's dead. Let's play the other team for a while. I'm going to go live with this community of women and make up some lost time. There you go. <laughs> Send letters to weeklyheroics at yahoo.com <laughs> if I can even get back into that account. Uh, yeah, so, as I said, Aaron thinks he's exempt from the whole don't come back thing, and that remains to be seen. So, oh. now we get a Simon title card. Imagine that in your mind, kids. He rounds up his crew to deliver Negan's message to Jadis. And at the junkyard, uh, Simon admonishes Jadis for allying herself with Rick, and blah, 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 and we saw ya, and he offers to honor their prior agreement on the condition that she apologizes, which presumably means that, you know, she offers up someone to die, too. Um, she doesn't apologize, and she insists that when she arrived at the sanctuary with Rick, she brought them as a prisoner, brought him as a prisoner. Right. You know, and uh, it's like, not... Joy, I didn't betray you. Brought him to you. You know, yeah, you yeah. shot at us. What the fuck, dude? And Simon gives a glorious bullshit. Yeah, that was just, pretty glorious. I just can't do it justice. Bullshit! I'd like to thank you, by the way, Mikey Z, for inadvertently adding some sound effects to our last podcast, because I used your choral several times. Oh, oh, well, you did? Yeah, oh, it was great, yeah. yeah. Whoa, cool rule. 
Give a little volume, a little reverb. Sounds great. My ignorance goes to show how uh, often I listen to podcasts that I've already been on. <laughs> hey, that's all right. No requ- that's not a requirement for being on the show. <laughs> we knew that when you, we put you on the show, we'd probably lose you as a listener. That's always been my main flaw in my podcast. <laughs> I invite everybody who listens to me to come on, and then they don't listen to me anymore. <laughs> it's the price I pay. Uh, for for assurance and, and feeding my ego and pretending I have friends. Uh, <laughs> nah, no. Nah. So uh, they relinquish all their guns and ammo, of course, uh, morons. And after enjoying her art, <laughs> Simon asks about the helipad and the solar panels out back, and we're kind of interested in that too. Uh, Jadis plays coy though, and Simon again demands to see some remorse. And Jadis just kind of smiles and says, "There is remorse." And Simon suits Brian. Brian, I don't know, probably yeah. Brian, uh, one of Jadis's lieutenants, and, and she gets pissed and says, there is remorse, but Simon kills Tamiel, too, and then she loses it and punches him, and Simon just orders his crew to light the place up and kill everyone, almost and everyone. They do. Yep. Oh, about everybody. also, Simon steps in blue paint, which we're supposed to note for later, so we can go, oh, shit, at a particular moment. Right. It's not really that much of an oh shit. Yeah, I still go oh shit. Well, it's a retroactive oh shit moment, you know, kind of. Well, no, oh, I was, I was I was supposed to go back to the beginning of the episode and then go oh shit. Yeah, yeah apparently, you know, on the rewatch, it, it was put there particularly, just specifically to to punish us podcasters <laughs> that watch this mess twice. Uh, so Simon so returns to the the sanctuary with the scavengers' weapons. But lies to Negan, of course, and conceals the fact that he massacred everyone. And a savior hands a walkie to Negan, and it's Rick, apparently. And the title card pops up and tells us we're about to see more Jadis. Yay. But yeah, we, we saw a little more of Jadis than I wanted to see. Yeah. But instead, we actually cut to Rick and Michonne fighting the junkyard walkers from before, and we realize, oh my god, it's actually the trash people who yeah. are the walkers. And uh, we find and it's after all of the uh, f- Simon fun. Yep. So wow, wacky, timey limey stuff. They're Walking Dead. That's fucking avant garde. It's never been done before. Good, good job. <laughs> uh, whatever. Yeah, no, they haven't done it before. <laughs> yeah. So uh, they find Jadis is waiting alone at the top of the the trash heap. What they that they climb up to avoid the uh, the walkers, and uh, she tears up as she explains. Finally, Jadis is. Take note, Ezekiel. Jadis drops the whole terse speech thing. Yeah, she started speaking like a normal person. Yeah, you know, because you can do that when you don't need to do the the act anymore. Uh, Zeke, just, just something, something to think about. Um, I thought yeah. Ezekiel dropped the act when he was in mourning of Shiva for Shiva. Yeah, briefly when he was talking to Carol, he's like, you know, I'm full of shit. I can't do this, and, and dumbass Carol kind of talked him back into it. You know, <laughs> no, you have to be the king. Like, verily, yes, I do. Um, he could be the king without being. Uh, yeah, I don't think it matters anymore at this point. Without doing the unfair shit. <laughs> yeah, if anything, it's like start talking more like the the trash people, so you can bark orders quicker and get to cover when people are fucking shooting at you. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yep, we we, we get uh, Rick and we finally get like Jadis's origin story. Like anyone at this point gives a shit. Um, so you know they didn't we, give a shit when they met us for the first time. I, 
that's it. We, we essentially, this whole episode spent like 75% on a storyline that almost universally nobody has freaking liked. Uh, yeah, it's over, but wow, man. It's never over. No. <laughs> Just wow, writers. <laughs> you, you've had some impressive filler feats before in this show, but this, this one kind of took the cake. Uh, but at least we don't have to see him anymore after this, at least most of them. I suspect we'll still be seeing Jadis, and I'll explain why. Uh, yeah, Jadis uh, gives us her story. She tells Rick and Michonne her... That she likes she, to paint? Yeah, how she turned the apocalypse into her own personal giant trash painting. How'd that work out for her? Yeah, so those of you who are the heapsters, are performance artists in the pool, give yourselves a pat on the back. Um, nothing deeper than that, apparently. She just found a bunch of other willing weirdo artist to join her. The joiner at the trash heap. Yeah, although I do suspect, I've always said that there's some like fucking secret bunker under there and I think the solar panels and, and chopper kind of, so we may see like Jadis in the bunker you know, next time around and, and I, she might decide to become someone else. So Rick blames Jadis for her situation, whatever, even though like if Rick had never entered her life, all her people would still be alive. <laughs> Well, who found her first? Did Rick find her first, or did the Saviors find her first? Well, I think the Saviors did, because they had a deal with her. You know, whatever it was, they she would, they were out getting shit and giving some to him, and he was just leaving them alone for the most part. Um, but who made a deal with them first? Did Rick? Ma- did Negan make a deal with them first, or did Rick? Yeah, no, I think they're under Negan's wing long before Rick even found them, um, if I remember correctly. Uh, I think that was alluded to, if not explicitly explained you know i don't even care enough that's that's the point i don't don't even care (laughs) it's just chicken or the egg who fucking cares um the way they're they're hopefully gone at this point yeah well most of them are except for jadis uh of course jadis is he starts to to leave with michelle and they they fashion themselves these nice door weapons to fight their way out you know the zombie horde and she begs to go along, but Rick turns her away and starts saying, so, well, I'm done with you, you know, you've betrayed me twice and blah, blah, blah. And like, yeah, you motherfucking, you went back a third time. And, yeah, you should have been done with her two times ago. Right. It's like, now you're going to take the moral high ground and all she ever does is screw me over. Well, you give her opportunities to. You're about you to again. Uh, been done with her after the first attack on Alexandria. Yeah. So... So they start to fight their way out, and she again begs to join them, and Rick fires in the air to keep her away. Where have we seen this before, Sadiq? Uh, Jadis makes noise to draw the undead scavengers to a trash compactor. You know, this was a beautiful thing. Gotta, yes, gotta this put, was. Put that made out some, there. Made some nice chop meat. And one by one, the walkers drop into the compactor, which uh, try, grinds them into a bloody hamburger pulp, and she cries as she watches Tamiel and Brian fall in. And she eats a can of applesauce alone in the junkyard and, and probably contemplates becoming the leader of the Whisperers. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> Which this this does leave me a little excitement because she could definitely just kind of slide right into that role. Oh, at an alpha? Yeah. Um, you know, and that would blow our Maggie is, uh, Maddie is alpha theory out of the water. Um, but, I mean, if, to leave her alive, there's got to be a reason. Um there's still how many more episodes left? Yeah, 
Uh, what are we, 11 this week? So, like, five more five, after Five this. more to play yeah. time for her to show back up. Yeah, or or not. I mean, she could just pop up. That, that'll be their... They'll keep us guessing. Is it Maddie? Is it Jadis? When Alpha finally shows up, and probably... My money's on Jadis at this point, because she's already in this particular part of the country with them, and and she's obviously screwed up enough by all this that she, she probably doesn't want to... Yeah, maybe now she'll just start wearing dead people. Yeah, you know, that would be, that would qualify as performance art. So that would probably satisfy her creative side a bit. That would, yeah. <laughs> uh, so on the road back, and so I started pulling what little hair I have left out of my head. Uh, Rick starts trying to justify doing what his dying son just fucking begged him not to do anymore, of course. And he insists he needed to send Jadis away, and he didn't want her dead. I shot, I fired over his head, Coral. Michonne, and and Michonne literally recalls Carl's final words and points out that it was kind of a dick move. It's like, yeah. you know, I think that's what he was talking about, honey. <laughs> like, helping people instead of fucking getting them killed. I think that might have been the gist of his speech when he was dying. Right. And Rick finally pulls over and gets out of the car with uh, Carl's letters. So Rick, uh, Rick calls up Negan, as we've seen earlier, and he uh, reads he reads Carl's letter first. We don't get to really see it or hear it. And then he uh, calls Negan up and tells him that Carl's dead and that Carl wanted them to stop fighting, which he immediately follows up with, that's not going to happen, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> yeah, which doesn't seem like a very good uh, tactical move on his part. So it's just like, oh, my God, <laughs> please kill Rick. Please kill Rick. Beth, this is for you. Please kill Rick. You know, this is one you know, departure from the comics. Because the comics are the opposite. Well, yeah, well, Carl's still Everybody alive. Everybody else wanted to kill Negan. And Rick was the one who didn't want to. Well, he, he came to the conclusion himself without having Carl have to do his dying words. Uh, it arguably more effective if it if he makes the change because of his son's dying words as right. you know, as opposed to him coming about the decision himself. But he's apparently just going to fucking ignore it. So he's still going to come to the decision by himself, but it's going to be after he makes a dozen more stupid fucking decisions and gets more he's people a, killed. He's gonna, you know, it's going to do the TV thing. He's going to come right up to killing Negan, and yeah, he's going to go, no, I won't kill you. Well, I guess there's no drama if he decides not to in, in episode 10. Right. Which I might add, again, was like abysmal ratings for this show. Not for all shows, but for this show. Because yeah. they've trained us well, and nothing is going to happen of any significance until the season finale again. No, uh, it, you you watch the opener, mm-hmm. <laughs> the, the, the two mid-season ones, yep. and then the comeback, and then you come back in uh, episode 16. Reap what you sow, yep. Uh, so, yeah. So, gonna kill you, fuck my son's dying wishes. Negan laments Carl's death, but uh, blames it on Rick, which there's pretty He's good not argument. wrong. There's a pretty good argument to be made there. Uh, he urges Rick to stand down and stop getting people killed. Just give up, he tells Rick, and he accuses him of failing as a leader and a father. That's got a sting, but again, not completely inaccurate. This is probably the most underacted thing Jeffrey Dean has done since joining the show. Yeah, and and, and he sold me on it. He, he sold, did. Sold the real sympathy. I think more than any... It, Rick didn't really... <laughs> 
he wasn't missing Carl as much in this this whole episode as much as Jeffrey Dean did in the two minutes right. he got to talk about it. So that might be problematic. I, I get it, like he's still in shock and shit, and Rick's trying to keep it together. But yeah, Negan, uh, I don't know. He's he's making a pretty goddamn good case for his way of things in the show. You know, just in the context of the show, we hear right. Fear the Walking Dead cast do not advocate beating people's brains in to make a point. Um, we don't. We don't generally. Uh, mostly anti-fascist, but in in the apocalypse, it might work better. Yeah, what if what if we find that though in the apocalypse? <laughs> we might we might soon. I'm one of the first things I'm getting is a bat and wrapping it in barbed wire. That's all I know. Uh, <laughs> I have swords. Uh, so I might have to become a blade master instead, but you know, I have squishy now, zombie are you going heads. To, you, would you go with a Negan like bat with barbed wire, or would you go with like an old school Mick Foley one? <laughs> I don't know. Um, there's also something to be said for aluminum uh, not breaking. Uh, I mean, Mick Foley's bat was basically uh, barbed wire on a stick. Yeah, yeah, that was whatever word barbed wire. Uh, although it, you know, that's more of a. A lacerating weapon, then you know you got to have a good, good solid bashing weapon behind That's it. That's true too. Um, but I, I'm still a fan of more of bashing than, than stabby, as far as taking out zombies. I mean, you got to get the whole skull there. Yeah, and the other oh, not in this stop. world. Apparently, you can stick like a needle in a zombie's brain in this and kill the yeah, brain in this world. Yeah. So I don't know. Hopefully, I'll never have to. I said I've already accepted. I'm going to be one of the guys that people are out running to get away. <laughs> and I'm not going to last real long in this world. <laughs> so, what kind of plan did you think Negan had for Carl? Uh well, we kind of know. In the, I mean, he just—I think he admired. He says earlier in this episode, like, "Man, that boy is built for this shit," because yeah. he realizes that he got everyone away. And, uh, yeah, I think he just admires his, his fortitude and his, uh, strategy. You know, Negan's all about the, basically his social Darwinism. You know, he's basically the strong will survive. And, right, and Carl was the strong. Yeah. So, yeah, and then we, you know, spoilers for the comics, they, they went on to almost have a friendship or, you know, they would talk at length and, you know, and it was, it was kind of a really good storyline in the comics. Um, so we'll see. Now there is a Sadiq that shows up after the time jump. Yeah, is this the same character? I don't know. I don't. I guess it could be kind of retconned that way. I guess um, he can become that character. Yeah, I don't think he's like a hugely major character in the comic. No, but he has the kind of name you remember. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I I, I got to think that he'll be pretty big going forward. I don't. At least I hope. I mean they've. You know, they fucking gave the useless trash people a storyline after a while. You know, even gave Jadis a backstory, which we had to sit through. And but, if Carl has to die to save Sadiq, he's got to have some kind of storyline. Yeah, it's kind of the, like, if they don't, it's die a in vain, yeah. So, I mean, hopefully he's, you know, Rick takes him under his wing and... And I'm just still kind of surprised they didn't have a scene of Rick just like straight up threatening to kill him first. <laughs> well, that's how Rick greets people. He threatens to kill them. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, hopefully someone would have pointed out, it's like, hey, dumbass, your son wouldn't have been taking Sadiq stuff out in the woods if, again, if, if he would let him in. Yeah. And shot over his head. But no, I, I definitely bought, you know, 
I felt like Negan was grieving more than Rick was. Yeah. Uh, well, I think Rick is like in the mode of it's done this weird switch. Rick is in the mode of people are just soldiers at this point, and we just got to kill Negan and whoever falls while we're doing that and whatever. The most telling question Negan asked was, was it us? Yeah. Yeah, it was. It was a good moment because, you know, he was he didn't want it to be. He didn't want no, Kyle he didn't. to go out that way. Um, he really didn't. And I'm sure Rick in his mind sees it as, you know, all Negan's fault, basically. Um, yeah, but even Rick admits that he wasn't outright killed by the, sa- by the saviors. Right, yeah, he just got bit, you know. Shit happens. Uh, he didn't add the caveat that he got bit because of me. I wonder what would have what Negan would have done if he found out it was them. Yeah, I uh, yeah I don't know either. He, he I don't know. I just the extra sorry, I guess. You know? Yeah, or just extra like this didn't have to happen, Rick. Um, so you know, for our viewers that might not remember, uh, if you really look at it logistically, they really did kind of Rick really did kind of start this shit show he did obviously they he they took food to to be murderers for hire that's what it comes down to kids (laughs) rick started the shit show in the comics too yeah so i'm still waiting although in the show maggie started it well yeah she was the one that kind of maggie's the the one who made the deal in the show yeah that's right yeah hmm Oh, but but Rick still like the the Ricktator, so he because well, Rick is out in the field. Maggie's just uh, at the, hanging out at the hilltop, being skinny and pregnant. Yeah, he could have he could have vetoed that shit. Um, and Speaking did, of which, Maggie should be like twenty months pregnant by now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we haven't seen her in a couple episodes, so maybe she'll be showing next time. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Accuracy is is not the top priority in this this program any longer. If no. it ever was, uh, like I said I don't think we'll ever see a bunch of horses on the show. We're, we're going to deal with magical cars. And, and no, nah, they they can't. This show can't afford horses. Yeah, no, uh, not that many at least. No, you know we had a couple at the ranch over on Fear. That was cool. We had some yeah. good location stuff there and good cowboy stuff. But um, you know. They haven't even been able to put in, you know, afford to, the helicopter again after teasing it a couple of weeks back or a couple of months back. It was like, oh, that's right, I forgot about the helicopter. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was before the break that they they showed us that. No, we know there's a helipad, but you know, we've never seen Jadis and company bopping around in a helicopter. So I don't know what's going on there. Uh, that's right, I forgot about the helicopter. Yeah. Still think maybe she just didn't know about it. it was in a part of the the heap they hadn't gone to the forbidden zone of the heap. Um, I don't know. Oh. I'm just glad that storyline is kind of tied off, unless she has a hidden group of performance artists in the bunker or something. But who knows? Uh, Hope uh, not. Yeah. Hopefully, not that many people go completely nuts and. Said we. I always said when they first started with the trash people that it was a little too, it was a little too Mad Maxy, you know, a little too. Would people have really kind of gone this nuts, you know, two years into the apocalypse? Well, apparently they didn't. No, well, no, but they did kind of invent their own language and shit, which is one of the things that kind of stuck in my craw a bit. Well, they're artists. Yeah. Eh. 
I don't know, I know a bunch of artists, and none of them fucking talk like that. <laughs> <laughs> How many zookeepers do you know talk like uh, Shakespeare? <laughs> Point made, yeah. <laughs> well, I know less zookeepers than I know artists, so I really can't make an informed judgment on that. <laughs> or they just went insane hanging out with uh, <laughs> Jadis all the time. Yeah. So we'll we'll give a big RIP for the show for the for the trashy people. We, we hope we barely knew any of you, and we didn't and care enough. And we to, don't want you to come back. We didn't care enough to miss you. Sorry, <laughs> but best wishes anyway. Uh, <laughs> will we be seeing Jada's again? Almost guarantee fucking to it one way or another. Uh, maybe <laughs> she'll run off and marry Heath, and maybe they'll be back. Together. Well, there you go. Well, Heath is out of work these days. Is he? No more 24 for him? Uh, I no. hope not. I don't think so, though. I, I think they'll... I think they're disavowing Heath ever, ever existed. They'll, no one he's even... Other than us is going to know or even care. You know, it, by the time they get back around to him, I don't even know how they'd fucking do that at this point. He'll just show up after the time jump and say, Hey, we found Heath. And... Get longer dreads and, and he's back farming. I don't know. <laughs> so, <laughs> just looking ahead here. I think I saw one preview. Uh, apparently, the first four minutes of the the episode is up online now, but it don't matter because you guys won't hear this probably till Sunday afternoon anyway if you listen. Right. Um, but, yep. Next week, Daryl uh, will so find himself in bad company. Okay. As his group heads to the hilltop. Bad company. Hmm. And we've... So he'll be starting a, a 70s rock band? I, and not, I don't think it'll be that bad company. No? Okay, damn it. The show and, could uh, use some better music. <laughs> Go back to some Bob Dylan and stuff, guys. I don't know what the hell is... Well, the Bright Eyes last week. They didn't really do a montage this week, did they? It wasn't any... Standout pop songs was there. Yeah. Uh, figured they would have had some like, you know, mid '90s Lilla Fair act for fucking Janus Jadis's final grinding there or something. They didn't choose to go that way. Although uh, I will say uh, the description for episode eight fourteen, which is on Easter, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is discouraging. Oh, a heaps prisoner makes a discovery. A heaps prisoner? Yeah, I have no idea what it means. That's four episodes away. But I don't like the word heaps being there. No. But heaps brings me to trash heap. Yeah. Hmm. And I don't want to see the trash heap again. Well, maybe just Jadis. I don't know. Maybe. I think we can rest assured that nothing significant will happen until episode 16. Well, 15 and 16, they're doing double double finale, I think. So. Mm-hmm. That'll be a goddamn torture session of commercials. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, the, the description for episode 16 involves the, the communities joined forces in the last stand against the saviors as all that war unfolds. So, for the love of God, I hope this is ending <laughs> on April 15th. I, th- I thought it was unfolding from the from the first episode of this season. Well, I, I, I hope... Un, I hope that means the conclusion is unfolding. Yeah, yeah, that would be preferable. Oh, good lord, this cannot go on and, and beyond season eighteen. No, I mean season eight. This has got to end. Yeah, there's no way. I mean, we met Negan what at the beginning of uh, season seven. Yeah, 
end of six. End really. of six, yeah. No. And here we are, season eight, and uh, yep, last stand at the at the hilltop. Yeah, better be resolved one way or another. This show might not be coming back for season nine. <laughs> well, I think it's already renewed for season nine. Well, that show might be. I don't know if this show will be. Cause I don't know if I'll be ah. able to take it anymore. <laughs> we may have to shift over to just comic talk at that point or something. <laughs> we can do now. Then Professor Allen would probably get on. Maybe we could even get Honeywell. Yeah. Honeywell gave up on this a while ago. I was telling him about the some of the the recent plot things and telling him about, you know, how basically Rick is Negan now. He's like, nah, I mean, I'm sure there's still, you know, still differences. I'm like, no, dude, they went to Oceanside and threatened to kill everyone unless they gave him up their guns. <laughs> like, hey, it's weird. Honeywell likes a good train wreck sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Not enough of this one, I guess. There's too many other good stuff to watch out there. So that's all I got, kids. Uh, still hoping... I liked last episode a bit. This one, not so much. No. And, 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 Again, it's just moving at a snail's pace. Yeah. I just still am baffled completely by whoever thought the whole trash heap thing was a good idea. It's just been a fucking pox on this show, in my opinion. No, and, and I, don't think I think we're getting to the point where these seasons are too long. Maybe. I mean, yeah. Because they're stretching this out. Tell you what, there might be something to be said for the, like, Netflix 13-episode model. Uh, Even even if some some of the Netflix shows have been going down to 10. Yeah. Uh, Although, well, I just started watching the new Jessica Jones, and that's that's actually enjoying that quite well. Yeah, I still got to watch The Punisher. That's very good. That, That actually made better use of its 13 than, like, maybe Luke Cage and, and the first season of Daredevil. Um, I thought, yeah, Punisher was excellent, and if I was still doing other podcasts, we probably would have talked about that by now, but maybe you'll get to see it by the time we roll back around to Weekly Heroics, if I ever do it again. <laughs> right. And, uh, um, yeah. I'm lucky I'm able to do this one. Just got some chit going on in my life now, kids. Yeah. I gotta get some stability before my creative brain comes back. Unfortunately. Understood. So, that's another Fear of the Walking Dead cast. We'll keep making them and you want to keep listening to them. Mike Z, thank you for joining me and we'll we'll drag the Hughes back here eventually. Yeah, we will. Bye now. Later. Only the... Oh! Shit! The way I feel tonight Only the lonely Know this feeling ain't right